Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All righty. Praise the Lord this morning. We want to uh, get on into the message this morning. And uh, hopefully uh won't keep you too long. I do realize that the service is going on uh, this afternoon, so uh, not intended to, to hold you too long this morning for all those who wish to uh, go attend the service there this afternoon for uh, Sister Vicki Honey's Celebration of Life service. So, But I do have a, a word from the Lord I want to share with you today, and we're going to uh, go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9 and verse 6. Isaiah 9 and 6, and it's a very familiar passage. Everyone recognize it real quickly. Glory to the name of the Lord. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We all recognize this as the words of the prophet Isaiah, who was prophesying of the Messiah's birth to come. And he said again at the end there, His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Glory to the name of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this service thus far. I thank you, Lord, for the spirit that we hear, feel here today. And I thank you, Lord, for Brother Ricky's testimony. Lord, it's so wonderful. Lord, we just ask you to continue to bless him, Lord, and show him, Lord, your will and your way as he asks for it, Lord Jesus. And, Lord, as I give your word as you see fit, use me, Lord, as you will. I surrender myself to you, and I give you praise and glory for all things. And let the church say amen, amen. Thank you. You may be seated this morning. I want to talk to you a little bit on the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. There was uh, three or four names mentioned there. The Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and then the Prince of Peace. And I want to uh, draw our attention to that Prince of Peace this morning. That's what I want to discuss with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, this is the time of year when peace seems to vanish from a lot of people. I mean, everyone is becoming overwhelmed with the, the hustle of the holidays, the fast pace of trying to get all the shopping done. I mentioned earlier how, you know, we got like two weeks and we'll be right at Christmas. But peace, it's during these times that peace, even for a moment, seems out of reach. It just seems like, where did it go? It took a back seat somewhere. And uh, for a lot of families who, whose relatives and uh, barely get along, uh, the only peace they'll find is when the holidays are over and they all separate. <laughs> They'll be glad to be away from each other, be apart, because a lot of them just quite frankly don't get along. But it's said by some experts that Christmas is the most depressing time of year. A recent Psychology Today article read, we are told that Christians for, uh, that Christmas for Christians should be the happiest time of year, an opportunity to be joyful and grateful with family, friends, and colleagues. Yet according to the National Institute of Health, Christmas is the time of year that people experience the highest incidence of depression. Hospitals and police forces report the highest incidences of suicide and attempted suicide. Psychiatrists, psychologists, and other mental health professionals report a significant increase in patients complaining about depression. One North American survey reported that 45% of respondents dreaded the festive season so that's a, quite a lot of people who just dread the holiday season all together you know and it, and it's it's really kind of 
I understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, you know, it's such a wonderful time to celebrate the birth of Jesus, you know, and it, so it, it's really sad to hear, thank you, uh, to hear these reports like this. But even, even setting it aside as humans, we are already in a state of no peace a lot of times. Just our normal daily lives, even before the holidays even approach, uh, there are things on our mind, things that we're concerned about. We wake up every day when the alarm clock goes off, and the first thing we, we do when we set our feet on the floor is we're already thinking, okay, I got. Uh, let me check the traffic. I got to get something to eat. I got to prepare my lunch that I may take. I got to. I got. It's, uh, what's today? Uh, uh, I got an appointment today. I got a doctor's appointment. I got. Uh, the, I got to get some some Christmas gifts. I, oh, let me not forget to take my medicine. And I, oh, I can't eat before I take my medicine. And you know, it's just thing after one after another after another. There's so many things that is always on our mind. We just wake up and peace is just not there. We're we're already as soon as we get up concerned about what's going to happen that day and what we've got to get done. And peace just seems to take a back door. Uh, and what steps in is a lot of times irritability and intolerance. And it's these times where when we wake up and we get going and peace is nowhere around us, uh, and then we go out into the workforce where then uh, we, we're led to believe, where's Jesus in us? You know, we're supposed to be uh, showing a light, uh, especially this time of year. We want to show Jesus to, to all the ones around us that we can. But if we have nothing but intolerance and aggravation for all the things that's going on and peace is done took a back door, we're not being a very good example for Jesus. And that's what it should be our number one focus is to be a great example for him uh, to those around us. And I was reminded uh, of the story about uh, uh, Martha in Luke 10 and 40 and 42. I want to share those two verses with you. When Jesus went to uh, Martha's house as she welcomed him in, and, uh, it says, Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Mary was there at Jesus' feet, just listening to him teach and talk. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, as is to say, Martha, Martha, you know, kind of calm down a minute. Martha was just busy and trying to serve. She, had, she was focused on what needed to be done uh, to provide that meal that she was going to prepare. And she wanted some help, and she tried to get Jesus to tell her sister Mary, hey, tell her to help me. Quit, quit just sitting down there at your feet. Tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. And it, it, it goes back that far and even farther about how we get so distracted about what we feel like needs to be done. She had Jesus right there right there in her house, and she was just neglecting what the important part was and what she needed to do. She was more focused on what the physical aspects of it instead of what Jesus was trying to teach her the spiritual right there. We don't need to be so distracted with our everyday concerns that we miss out on what Jesus is trying to tell us. That's why every day when we wake up, our first, very first thought ought to be, Lord Jesus, thank you for waking me up. Thank you that, that I woke up and you've given me breath another day. I'm going to live another day. Thank you, Jesus. Guide me today. Direct me today, Jesus, as I get up and I go from here and there. Guide and direct me. Use me today, Lord. I thank you and I praise you because you are worthy. That, that is what it should be on our forethought, our first very thought when we wake up in the morning. 
There's a peace that we can have today, and every day it's a perfect peace, and it's quite simple to achieve it. It may seem difficult. We may believe it ain't going to happen. There's no way we could obtain a perfect peace, but the Word talks about it, and it tells you that you can achieve it, and that is to keep our mind, our thoughts, and our imagination on Jesus at all times. Let's look at Isaiah 26 and 3. Back to the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 26 and 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Tells us right there when our mind is stayed on Jesus that we can have a perfect peace. We can have a peace knowing where we're, go- where we're going to spend eternity, that we're going to have a glory in heaven. And we can also have a peace right here and now. When we stay our mind, when we focus our thoughts, our imagination, everything that we can on Jesus, even in these times where we're so kind of stressed and worried about, uh, either worried about bills, worried about family, no matter what is going on in our life, when when we feel that kind of pressure, if we'll just break away and get our minds focused on Jesus, that perfect peace will come. It will calm you down. It'll, it'll make you more relaxed. I know it to be a fact and real. There's a lot of times I'd be at work and something would bother me. I'd get aggravated. I'd get upset. I'd be not happy about something going on. And, and I would just begin to sing a praise song, just a praise to Jesus, you know. And it wouldn't be long. I'd keep it up. I'd stay my mind on it. I wouldn't just sing a verse and quit. I'd start saying, okay, it's time to forget about this. It's time to, you know, just sing a praise song to Jesus. And that's what I would do. And it would just slowly kind of go away from me. And then I'd even be forget about what in the world I was upset about. I know it'll work. We can have a perfect peace today, a perfect peace in Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. Uh, There's a testimony of a man that I just uh, had listened to not long ago, and it's pretty lengthy, and if you'll bear with me, I'd like to get out a couple parts of it uh, this morning uh, just to uh, drive home this point about a peace that you can have in Jesus. Praise the Lord. There's a man whose who's name is Tony McMullen. Now, he's, he's already uh, went on to his reward back in 2016, the testimony said. But he, uh, he had served 30 years in prison for killing a man, and it wasn't even the man that he had intended to kill. It was uh, wound up being a friend of his. So uh, the trial came and went, and he, ha- he was sentenced to 30 years in prison. Uh, while he was in prison, he... After so many things had t- taken place, he decided to give his life to the Lord because he had another cellmate uh, that he wound up being rooming with. And, you know, you imagine the scene of being in a prison in a cell that's very small, and you can imagine how it would drive you crazy, you know, to have the bars up, you can't leave, uh, you're there with none of your choice of your own, you can't leave. So, but his cellmate, when he goes in, he's moved around a lot. There's a lot of things that happened and transpired. But when he gets into this cell, this guy is grinning from ear to ear. And he even described it as his lips were touching both ears. He was grinning so hard. That was his, I thought that was kind of interesting when he said his lips touching both ears when he walked into this cell. But he walks into the cell, and this guy was on uh, death row. He, he was serving life without parole. He was on death, he wasn't getting out. But yet he was so happy. He, he was so uh, overjoyed, and when he saw uh, uh, Tony come in, he, he called him by name and said, uh, you're Tony Mack, I know who you are. And so he, com- he comes in, and uh, he says, oh, Lord, what's this going to be? Now, uh, Tony, his wife, wa- oh, believed in Jesus, and she tried to get him to give his life to the Lord. 
uh, his whole life, or the whole time they were together as a married couple, he, she tried to do it to no avail. He just would never do it. Well, uh, when Tony goes into the cell, he um, uh, he see he sees his cellmate, and the cellmate tells him that this is divine intervention that you're here. This, there's a reason why that you're here, and it would probably help you to know that the the night before that this happened. Uh, the, the Tony McMullen asked God, he, he prayed to God that his wife would be healed. She wound up being sick and, and was near death. And so he prayed to God for the first time uh, to help his wife and, and help her in her situation. And so the very next day he was moved out of where he was into this other cell. So uh, he God answered that prayer and he and put him in contact with this other cellmate who was on death row. So the, this inmate that's on death row, just happy as can be, even in his condition, even in this cell uh, that, uh, that he can't get out of, he's so happy and content. Well, why has he got so much peace and content and smiling from ear to ear in his condition? It just doesn't make sense to us. Why would he be happy? But he had Jesus. This, uh, this cellmate of his had Jesus, and he began to read Scripture to Tony McMullen uh, for uh, about three days long. And there, the Scripture that uh, Tony says that uh, really got to him was a time when Paul and Silas was in the inner cell uh, of the jail when, you know, when Paul and Silas were arrested for uh, calling out the demon that was in the woman and, and uh, caused the demon to flee for where she, that she was making money for the, 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 the people that were over her, you know, taking, taking the money for her, using her, basically. And so they all, uh, he caused the demon to leave. Well, Paul and Silas had to go to prison. They were in the inner prison, and that's what Tony Mag and this other gentleman was. They were in the inner prison, the, the lowest part of the prison, the, deep, the deepest internal part where there's the most protection in. And so that's where they were. And uh, so Paul and Silas, he he responded to that he he recognized that that was kind of toward him he's like well i'm in prison you know and when it got to the part where the paul and silas were praying and singing hymns at midnight singing songs at midnight he re- he recognized like they were singing too and, and and all of a sudden the great earthquake happened and the the cell doors were open the chains were loose and everybody all the prisoners could have left if they wanted to well tony really took to that and he said man i like that that'd be nice if that happened to me and so uh, a, a couple of days more goes on, and it just really hit him so strong, and he just really felt the tug of the Lord. And uh, so finally he gave his life to the Lord Jesus. He felt it so strong, so real. He knew that God was real. He gave his life over to the Lord, and he was so happy. Uh, they would sing songs and be uh, and just praise the Lord in their cell, in the, in the deepest inner part of that cell, in that prison. They were so happy and content because they had Jesus. It didn't matter what they were facing. It didn't matter that one of them was serving 30 years and the other was serving life they were happy to be in just in the presence of the lord them two there well as you can imagine when he gave his life to the lord they wound up getting separated and split and this bothered tony he did not want to be split up from his other cellmate because he finally had felt peace he even said that he thought that he was so mean, such a mean person, and that he uh, was in prison because God had just left something out of him that God didn't leave out of other people, that other people that were good, nice people, that they had something that he didn't have, and he just felt like he would have, never have any true peace, but he found Jesus, and he got that true peace, hallelujah, and so... Uh, as he, uh, they split them up from that cell. He didn't want to leave. They put him in another cell. Now, uh, he doesn't give his life to the Lord, and he's so happy and content. He goes into the cell. He walks in. He says his next cell mate, the guy was up on the bed. His hair is just all messed up. 
Uh, come to find out the guy hadn't been out of that cell in, in like six weeks or something. And, and the, he said that the toilet there that they had to use was all green and just molded. He said he went over and tried to flush it and it just kind of did a wave kind of thing. It, would, it wouldn't even flush. It was so bad and it was just nasty and dirty. He said that uh, from the, um, the cigarette smoke that the guy just smoked so much as you could see it where it was just kind of uh, staining the walls, drink, going down the walls from all just the cigarette soot and stuff that was on the wall and said that he uh, he finally he tried to uh, lay down that night and get some sleep and when he did he heard, he heard all this uh, he felt and heard some walking around like kind of like little walking around on the floor and felt it on him on his bed and it wound up being cockroaches he said he gets up he turns the light on and he just cockroaches covered his bed covered the wall he said there was so many there's no way he could have killed them all and got them all out there he said he looked at his cellmate is uh, up on the top bunk just sleeping there with his mouth open they just crawling all over his face and mouth all them cockroaches so it was a very bad scene. Now, he had just given his life to the Lord. And he, he said, he, had, he told the Lord then, he said, Lord, I know you were real. I know you were there. I know that was for me. And, and, but now, uh, look in this state that I'm in. Look at this cell that I'm in now. What is going on? What is happening? Why, why is this happening to me? And I believe that we've all been at that point in our life somewhere. When we give our life to the Lord and, and then things still happen, things, bad things still happen to us, uh, and, and we ask, Lord, why? I'm, I feel like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I, I, I'm uh, worshiping you. I'm coming to your house. I'm, I'm doing everything I possibly can, but yet all these things and tragedies keep happening to me. It feels like my job ain't going right. My relationship ain't going right. What in the world is going on? But, but Tony began to uh, say that he remembered what his other cellmate, I wish I could remember his other cellmate's name, but I can't, unfortunately, but he, he said that he remembered something that his other cellmate told him, that when, uh, when you find yourself in that place where you feel like you don't have any peace or you're, you're having a hard time breaking through to Jesus, to just begin to sing a song, just begin to uh, pick a song out and praise the name of the Lord. And he said he remembered way back when he was a young, to- young toddler that a song that they would sing in church, Oh, How I Love Jesus. And he said he would. Be, he started to sing that "Oh, how I love Jesus." But he said when he started out, it was more like grumbling and complaining. Oh, how I love Jesus, you know. But he said that after a while, he said he just kept it up. He stayed his mind on Jesus. He kept singing that. He said begin and begin to get sweet. Oh. How I love Jesus. As he, the more he sang it, he said he just felt the sweetness, the presence come over him. He said, and he told his, uh, his other cellmate there that hadn't had a bath in all that time, hadn't had a shower. He said, you're going to have a shower today. And his other cellmate said, no, I don't believe so. He said, oh, yeah, you're going to have a shower whether you have one uh, in that green uh, toilet over there or you go take one on your own. So he said, I said okay, I'll go take a shower. Well, so when his cellmate went to take a shower, Tony, Brother Tony started uh, just cleaning up that place. One of the guards said, I knew you was going to want some cleaning supplies and to try to get this place cleaned up. And now remember, he was singing, uh, singing praises to the Lord. So the other cellmate was gone showering, getting cleaned up. And so uh, as he was just uh, praising and singing the Lord, he was able to start cleaning 
that cell and got it nice and clean and he got it turned around. And it was all because he just, instead of just uh, submitting to his conditions that he was and just uh, going back and saying, well, that wasn't real. That was my other, that was my other cellmates. That was, that was his blessing. That was his anointing, as he called it. But he, but he knew that he felt that anointing. He knew that he felt the tug of Jesus. And he knew that when he asked God to come into his heart that it was real. And it was real. And he just began to, to uh, minister to the other inmates. He told him about what Jesus had done for him, how he saved him, what he had brought him through. And he led so many other inmates to the Lord by just talking to him. And he would just still just sing praises to Jesus' name. And he, uh, he wound up completing his sentence. And even when he got out, he said that he was not happiest unless he was back at the prison ministering to the other, to the other salesman. He wound up, before he got out, they wound up transferring him to another part of the cell and uh, the other part of the prison where he was when he first came in, and he was right back to right back to where he had started from. And he said he felt the Lord tell him one time. He said, "Look at where you are." And uh, Bertoni said, "Yeah, Lord, yeah, I know where I'm at. I, I'm back where I, where I started. It's a whole lot better, whole lot better." He said, "No, look at where you are." And he, he said, "Look at your surroundings." He said, "Yeah, Lord, I, I appreciate everything you've done for me." He said, "No, just." Calm down, take a moment, and look at where you are. You're right back where you started. Uh, I'm here with you. Everything's been turned around. And he was just wonderfully blessed the rest of his time. And if it can happen to a guy by the name of Brother Tony Mack, who's went on to meet his Lord, who led, ain't no telling how many other inmates to the Lord. It can happen to anybody. There, there's, there's nobody that, that can't meet Jesus. As long as our, their heart is sincere, it doesn't matter where you're at. He said, well, he was in prison. He couldn't go to church. You don't, you don't necessarily have to just go to the church house to meet Jesus where, wherever you are in your situation because God will turn it around he, and he tur- like he turned it around for that man. And I thank the Lord uh, that I heard about that testimony and I wanted to share just a couple parts of it with you. It was so much more involved in it. Uh, I wish I could share it all with you, but I can't. But, but, uh, but brother, uh, brother Tony, uh, he was a, an amazing man that uh, went on to be with the Lord. And it's all because even in them darkest times that we have in our life, if we would just sing praises to him, whenever we feel stressed and pressure and we know that, that, that times are tough, we have got to always keep in our mind uh, a song for Jesus. That's what it's going to take to get us that true peace, that, that perfect peace that we talk about in Scripture, that perfect peace we can have. We, we had, like Brother Douglas says, we've got to do it on purpose. Each and every day we've got to wake up and on purpose thank the Lord for the day and, and begin just to sing Him song and praise. It's amazing what we don't even realize how He could change our path that day because we get up to praise His name. Your path can be changed because you simply got up and instead of being grumpy and mad and moody, you got up and praised the name of Jesus. Somebody could be put in your path that day that you could witness to and will come to Jesus because of you. You are a child of the King and you can witness to anybody and help anybody along. Uh, pray, praise the name of the Lord. So I want my last scripture that I want to share with you this morning. It comes from, from Philippians 4, uh, 6 and 7. Praise the name of the Lord. It's, it reads, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding. Not some understanding, not a little bit. It surpasses all of our... We can't comprehend the peace of God. There's no way we can comprehend the peace of God that comes into us. It will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm thankful for today for that peace that surpasses all understanding. When I, when I just praise the name of the Lord, when I just sing praises to Him, when I just glorify His name, I know that I can have a peace that I maybe that, that took a back door just not too long ago. Sometimes that'll happen, but when we just begin to praise His holy name, uh, overwhelming peace can come. It, those, you know the devil is just trying his best to infiltrate your mind with all kinds of lies and deceit, trying to get you to do things that you know you are not to do, trying to get you to think things that you know you are not to think. And any time of those things happen and come upon you, you need to rebuke that devil and cause him to flee from you and, and allow that peace from God just to come and settle in. Because the devil don't, he's not happy. He's still not happy with you. He knows what your reward is, just like you do. And he wants to steal that reward from you. But I'm not going to let the devil steal my reward of you. Glory to the name of the Lord. Brother, will you come on up and get ready to play something? This morning, if you uh, want to just come up for a season of prayer, maybe you felt like peace has left you these last few weeks, or uh, it's that time of year where, you know, uh, you've just not been that happy. You Maybe you have felt a little bit depressed like we talked about in the beginning that so many people do. Uh, we welcome you to come and just talk to the Lord and rebuke the devil today uh, and, and kick him out of here and kick him out of your mind. And we are here to pray with you for anything if you wish to come this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah.